1: All right, this is Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Merry Christmas, the day after. Um, I'm so excited to have Rebecca Grieben sharing part two of her message. If you have not heard part one, email me, steve at verybold.com. After you hear this part, you're going to want to go back and hear the first part. It's amazing. So let's join Rebecca as she shares all about the love of Jesus.
2: Right, how he got here. Yes, he did go through Uh, Pregnancy. He went through gestation. He was born of a woman. But how he was placed in that situation, no one ever since or before. Right. Right. Definitely making sure we knew he was not of man. Mm -hmm. How he got placed at conception was different. And then he went ahead and followed the rules of biology. And then at the end, how he left, right, he was still in a human body that other humans were able to break Mm -hmm. to the point that they killed him. Mm Mm-hmm. In the worst, most painful way possible. He wasn't precluded from any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was so stressed with what was going to happen. It tells us he sweated blood. Mm-hmm. That's like my measurement stick sometimes when I am like upset or stressed. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but did I sweat blood today? <laughs> I sweat blood? That's great. <laughs> if not, mm-hmm. I'm probably not at the highest end of the spectrum of the stress, you know. But the interesting thing is they were able to break him and kill him like any mm-hmm. other man. They couldn't make him stay dead. Mm-hmm. So he took these incredible things. God came down here to be with us because we couldn't be like him. So he became like us with a twist, bookending his 33 years to walking the earth with signs of divinity that make us know exactly who and what he was, Mm -hmm. and then spending those 33 years, the three years really of ministry, living life, being around people, being relatively ordinary with flashes of brilliance, showing Mm. us that in the hands of the divine, there's no such thing as ordinary. It's good. Ever. It's good. It's why he walked in there. He was not spared the darkest of moments or roads or paths. He is with us in our suffering because he has known suffering. And I think sometimes we can toss that phrase out there but not really pay attention to it. But he has known it on every level. It's why his name is Emmanuel, God with us. Because he came down here to live a life that was relatable, that was less than perfect, that was messy and painful and interesting. And I love the word interesting. And, and this is something to me that's becoming increasingly important, I think. But it's something I said to my kids. I probably started using this phrase to Luke when he was 10 years old. Um, and last year, his senior quote, you know, people are trying to come up with all these philosophers and all these yeah. like clever things to say. Mm-hmm. And, and Luke's senior quote, actually, he didn't attribute it because it was uh, from his mom, which <laughs> You know, you don't put, like, mom underneath it. Right. But it's the oh, easiest quote, it's and it's the easiest, like, mantra ever to memorize. I'm yeah. going to give it to you to memorize yeah. today and to Mark and to everybody else to memorize. Very, very simple life philosophy that I've said to my kids their whole life, and it is be interesting. Mm. It's what I've said to them my whole life. It's what I'm saying to my other ones. I say it to the girls that come uh, to my to my small group. Be interesting. And it's funny because sometimes you can say that to somebody, and they can be like, okay. Fine, that's nice, but I don't have that interesting life. Like, mm. I grew up in a small town, I married my high school sweetheart, or you know, I just live a plain life, or I don't. And there's a difference between being interesting and having a fascinating story. They're not the same. Mm. Like, my mom and my grandmother, their stories are fascinating. Yes. They were born in Jerusalem, they survived the Israeli wars, they come from a group of people that survived a genocide, and they've traveled mm. across hemispheres and been everywhere, and they speak six languages and do all these things. And so, as the immigrant child of them, the Texas girl with the big hair and the southern accent, like my story is nowhere near as fascinating as theirs. Mm. It doesn't mean I can't be interesting because I think the key to being interesting is that you have to, number one, be interested. You have Mm. to be interested in other people and in the world around you. And so the way that you can be interesting is to stop and pay attention and listen I tell my kids all the time. I told the Jingle Bell crew. I tell the girls, go out there. Find voices that do not sound like Mm. yours. Find people who do not look like you. Find stories that do not match what you have ever heard before. And be open to the fact that when they speak their truth, it is their truth. You don't get to tell them it's not. Mm. You have to pay attention and you have to be ready to admit that you might be wrong in Mm. some of the things you've thought before. You might be wrong When all you heard was homogenous voices around you, when you start to get out there and listen to somebody who's different, be invested in what they're saying. When people speak to you, listen to them. You do this incredibly well. You're such an active listener. But listen to them in a way that means you are actually learning from what they're saying and you're not just thinking about the next clever thing you're going to say so you sound interesting. Right. Actually pay attention and learning new truths. And here's the thing. You don't have to agree with them. Yeah, I have many conversations and listen to people that I walk away and I'm like, yep, nope, don't agree with that at all. And some of them I have to walk away and go, I did not like that at all. So I need to think about why I didn't like it. Mm. What is it about it that made me uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. And sit at different tables and find different voices to hear. And I know I keep saying that, but it's so important. And right now, never more than now in our world. Yeah, And it's never been easier to be interesting than it is right now because you have access to different voices all over media, all over the place. You don't have to like – really travel the world, right? you can digitally do it. Mm-hmm. And then go down the rabbit holes, chase it down. Why is that information? And then pay attention in a way that you learn it. You can bring it up in a conversation later. You can apply it to something later on. You can figure out how to make yourself a little bit more open-minded. Yeah and you're meeting individuals where they are, it is very, very hard to demonize another human being that you have looked in their face Mm -hmm. and you know their name. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to demonize pronouns. The us versus them. Mm -hmm. They do this. The group does that. You can get really angry and dislike a cliche very, very easily. It's very hard to dislike an actual other human that you have heard their heart, whether Mm -hmm. you agree with it or not. Right. That's good. You know, and chase those things down. And sometimes it will go well. And sometimes it won't. Like I told the girls at Jingle, I'm like, this doesn't give you permission to go, like, all these dangerous places and be like, well, Rebecca said we have to go find the – that is not what I'm talking about. And also I'm not talking about joining in with what they're doing. You can listen. Jesus sat with sinners. He didn't sin with them. hmm But he loved them in spite of it, and was still able to, you know. So you have to make sure, foundationally, you're rooted enough to be able to do this and stay solid. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it goes well, and sometimes it doesn't. We, uh, one of my favorite stories, you know, I used to go to youth camp with the kids. Oh yeah. Every summer before you came and met us all, I was at uh, camp with them every year. And uh, one of the years that we went, we were the first couple years we went. We were always a really small church group, Mm -hmm. and so they would send us and hook us up with other groups to like travel around with. Yeah. And then you did rec days where you played other churches on the teams and those kind of things. And one year we went and we were with uh, another group that wasn't super friendly. It wasn't super active with our kids. Yeah. And and we were playing teams and we had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the girls were not enjoying some of the games that get real rough at camp. And, and so the girls weren't having a very good time with some of that stuff. And and we had kind of a young crew and the teams that we played when you would walk in between or whatever, like it was just super awkward. And no. the group we were walking with and our kids was having some friction. Okay. And so finally I was like, okay, everybody come here. I was like, we're going to gather. I don't mind. I'll boss around anybody's kids, right, from our <laughs> church, not our church, whatever. And I said, here's what we're going to do. Every time we walk in between these games for the rest of the week that we're here, but definitely we're going to start it today, I want you to find somebody you've never met before and say, can I walk with you and walk with them to the next game. They can be in this group we're with here, Good. so we get to know each other, or they can be on the opposing team. Like, whatever we're doing, you find someone you've never seen before, you walk with them, say, can I walk with you? And I was like, I mean it. All of you, even you that don't go to my church, we're going to do us. So they start doing this. Wow. Um, And they start meeting each other and – like, probably the second or third round, one of our girls, she's a senior now in my group, but she was like a seventh grader, I think, when this happened. This okay. teeny tiny little blonde, and she walks up to You're me and she's I'm talking her? about Priscilla. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, I so told I hope the, story. the story, turns out I good. I did tell the story, Jingle Bell, and she was like, Oh my gosh, Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> but she comes up to me and she's like, kind of downcast a little bit. And I said, What happened? And she goes, um, So I walked up to this girl um, to go in between, and I said, um, we Can I walk with you? And she went, no. <laughs> and Priscilla was like, what? And the girl's like, no, and just walked off wow. and left her there. And so Priscilla comes over to me, and she tells me the story. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I said, but you're okay, right? You're all right? And she goes, yeah, it was just – I go, I know. It wasn't the nicest, but – and she was like, yeah, okay. And I stood there for a minute with her, and I looked at her. And I go, okay, so what are you going to do now? And she goes, I'll go ask another person. I was like, there you go. You know me so well, sister, right? (laughs) And so she did. She went and asked someone else to walk with. You know, but the interesting thing was at the end of that week for our tiny church, our kids knew everybody at that camp. Everywhere we Mm. went, people were like, hey, hey. hey, hey. like waving, saying hi. When uh, I think Jason came up one of the days and he was like, how do our kids know everybody here? Like they all knew us. They're high-fiving us, walking past us. And the next year when we went back, there were several churches that were like, where's this crew? Like they all remembered. Wow. Because they had been invested in. We had walked up and said, can I walk with you? And then asked some Mm, questions about themselves. It was incredible. It's such an interesting result that you get from that too. And it fills your heart and it makes you – Like other people more. I know right now we're all kind of having a hard time liking people. Right, right. (laughs) But it makes you like other people. Yeah. It makes you less afraid to try new things. And then talk about sometimes they go well and sometimes they don't. Right. Like do stuff that no one else has done. Give it a whirl. Ask different questions. Mm. You know, when when Luke first started getting interested in girls, I'd be like, okay, here's the thing. You got to be interesting in this too, right? (laughs) So don't just text somebody and say, what kind of music do you like? Try this. Text song lyrics from different genres. And whichever one she reacts to, that's what kind of music she likes. Oh, now you know something about her. You good. also know she has a sense of humor. You also know she listens to very much music because if she's like, what is that? I don't even know. After three lyrics, you might want to rethink this. Like, I don't know. Right. But I'm like, find new ways to engage people in conversations that get their attention. It's fun. Yeah. And it makes you feel seen and important. mm And that's the thing about the story of Christmas. It never gets less fascinating or impactful no matter how many years go by or how many times we tell it because it is the most interesting story in human history. It is the ongoing tale of love, redemption, and grace from the one who is most interested in all of us. It's why we keep on reading it and studying it and being fascinated even by the parts that we don't understand or maybe make us mad sometimes depending on where we are right? Yeah. Jesus came down here to live a life that was real and relatable. It gave his story an immediate connection. It created an undeniable level of authenticity. He was in the middle of the masses surrounded by people constantly and he asked them questions. He knew their names. He learned their stories. He gave them respect time, attention, and an opportunity for a relationship. He gave them himself over and over again. And I think that this, maybe even more than the miracles, is what created ripples. It's what has kept us in hope and faith for over 2,000 years, impacting every demographic, no matter where they are. And I know I think we have a difficulty with this at times, a lot of times actually lately. I'm listening to the people around me speak, and I'm around young people all the time, Absolutely love our Gen Zers. I think they're they're really cool. They're going to do some stuff. They're going to fix some things we've messed up, I think. And, yeah. you know, it's hard, though, listening to the struggles. And they are asking the same questions we are. We're all sitting around going, okay, this is all well and good, and thank you for this Christmas message. But how does a God who's supposed to love us, who you say knows what suffering is on every level, who mm. you say is all-powerful and can actually do something about it, mm. if this is true, how does he let all these terrible things happen? Mm. How does he let it happen? How am I supposed to believe in him when everywhere I look there is hardship and heartache and brokenness? Why should I trust a God like that? I think we're all asking those questions on some level. We're Mm -hmm. hearing them all over the place, and that's a hard question to answer. But I think it's too important not to try. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do is clarify something here and hopefully clear up a misconception that places major roadblocks in faith in front of so many of us. God never promised us a life without suffering. He just didn't. He never guaranteed an easy ride or 12 steps to the perfect path. He never once, not once in the Old Testament or the New, said, I'll fix it all for you here. This is going to be a painless road. There's no effort required on your part. He said, I will be with you always. He said, I will hold your hand. I will help you. I will love you through it all. I will dry your tears, which implies Mm -hmm. there are tears to be had, Mm -hmm. right? Because our God is a big picture guy, and he has granted us free will, autonomy, creativity, and permission to put our unique spin on the story of our lives, to express ourselves in a variety of ways. It's what we all want. It's what humankind has demanded from the beginning. It's why the fall even happened, right? Mm -hmm. Because we wanted to be individuals, to make our own way, to know what was on the other side, It didn't start that way, and yet somehow, because that was at the core of us, what we wanted, that autonomy is what drove Adam and Eve to disobedience, to eat the one fruit they weren't supposed to, they gave a snake a leg in. I mean, face it, we don't follow instructions all that well, even when he gives them to us, and we rejected paradise when it was handed to us. Mm -hmm. So he stepped back, he said, I'm not going to bog you down with a bunch of rules, complicated formulas, and he's given us our space. And in fact, the second time around when he came down, he said, listen, you don't do so great with my words and my instructions. You do not pay attention. So I'm going to show you as opposed to mostly telling you Mm. how this is going to go. And then look how he kicked things off. It's so interesting. He was like, this is going to be dramatic. It's going to be unforgettable. It's also going to be clear from the beginning how it's going to go. And so when we Mm. go in and we we go into Luke chapter 1 and we read the story of the gospel, I went back and was reading it again. And much to my like chagrin, kind of, yeah. One of my favorite verses is Luke one thirty eight, and I was like, I've not paid attention to the last sentence in Luke one thirty eight. So the angels come down. Gabriel spoken to Mary. And he's been like, Hey, congratulations, a mo-, you know, favored one of the most high. And she's right. like, Okay, mm-hmm. this sounds like it might be a little scary. You know, she's just hanging out like doing her laundry. Right. It's like a Tuesday <laughs> or whatever. And he's like, Okay, so here's what's going to happen. This is going to be what goes on. You're going to deliver God's baby. And um, I'd like you to name him Jesus. That's going to be the other instructions. And so are you good here? You got any questions? And she's like, well, one. Yes. <laughs> I have one little question about how this is going to happen with me, you know, not being married yet and all this. And he's like, listen, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. You're going to be pregnant with God's baby. She's like, perfect. People are going to totally believe me when I say that. Right? This is going to be easy, right? And he's like, okay, any other questions? Are you good? Anything else going on? And she's like, how is this going to happen? He's like, listen, don't worry about it. Everything's possible with God. It's almost like a Christianese." like blow off when we ask hard Sorry. questions. You know, it kind of feels like that. And then wow. we go into Luke one thirty eight right after he's just said that to her. And it's my favorite line of Mary's when she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then I always kind of walk away from the verse there, but there's another sentence in verse 38. And the sentence is, then the angel left her. And when I was looking at this Jingle Bell this year, I was like, oh, my gosh, how have I always blown over that sentence? Then the, Can you even imagine? Like he comes in, yeah. drops that bomb. Right. Is like, don't worry about the details. God can handle it. You good. And she's like, well, I'm the Lord's servant. And then he's just peace out. Like he doesn't even say anything. There's not even a thank you for joining us on this adventure. Instructions will be forthcoming. It's all going to be okay. Like nothing. There's no yeah. step-by-step instructions. There's no promises. There's no reassurances. Mm. She has no idea what the path's going to look like. She has no idea what shape it's going to take. And we all know where it went, and it was not fun or easy. Mm-hmm. Man, does she have a road to walk. Right. And watching her baby walk that road, I can't even imagine. I mean, the story just chokes me up. You know, I have two boys, and I can't even imagine all of this. And the expectation seems to be, here's it, here it is, you've been picked, you're going to figure it out. Within your talents and your timing and your opportunities, you're going to figure this out. Are you ready? Go. So when we look at That's how we kick things off the second time around. That's how the New Testament started. Mm -hmm. We had to sit back and say, listen, if what you're looking for is a God who guarantees a smooth ride, if you are looking for an existence that's a vacation free from vexation, we'll do a little rhyme there, right? (laughs) I like it. Then you are correct Mm -hmm. if you argue against his existence. Mm -hmm. The existence of this good time hearing God, that is not the God we serve. And that is not the God we are celebrating this season. That God, that guy does not exist. You're right. He doesn't. But do not use him to deny the God that does. Mm. Do not use the wrong metric in your quest for truth when you measure whether you're going to trust this God or not. Because the promise of I'm going to make it all better is one that we have written into the narrative. It is not one that he ever said. Not on this side of heaven. He said, I will be with you. I will be Emmanuel. I am God with you. This is who I am. That's who we're looking to here. Jesus, the Son of God, the tangible member of the Holy Trinity, the encourager who spent his lifetime spreading a message of hope and salvation and reassuring us that he had overcome the world. But the first part of that sentence was, in this world you will have trouble, John 16, 33. Mm -hmm. And then he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He is the beloved of heaven who chose to enter into community and place himself visibly in front of us, forever marking the pages of history. Yeah in a way that had never been done and has never been done since, really. He was intimately in their space at that time, and he is intimately in ours still, which makes him the greatest blessing, the gift that literally keeps on giving forever. This is his season. We call him Jesus, just like we were told God's gift to the world, the blameless, beautiful, willing sacrifice for our sins, the one who saves, the one who loves, the one who lives with us and in us and for us, the one who has overcome the world and all the troubles he told us it would have. Right. When his love fills our hearts, we are complete. And when his truth is our focus, we shine and darkness shrinks. And I love That concept. And I think um, Andy Stanley is another author that I really like. And in his book, Irresistible, he talks about kind of how this manifested itself in John you know the apostle John i know he's one of your favorites one of the sons of thunder sure, right you who know it absolutely who after he was like i
1: love those sons of thunder right
2: i know i do too i'm kind of partial <laughs> to those sons of thunder and he was he was like the dude the one that wanted to beat everybody up remember he was always him and james were always running around like jesus did they listen to you they didn't well punch him in the face <laughs> jesus <laughs> is like not the message i'm sending guys That's funny. not the yeah. message i'm sending and after walking with jesus he changed his like tagline, if you will, Mm. to the one Jesus loved because it so affected him. It changed his entire identity Mm. up until he died. He was the only apostle actually that died a peaceful death, which is interesting because he was the big like brawler, right, when it all started. And Andy Stanley in his book Irresistible writes about John like this. He says, John witnessed grace and truth in motion. It was powerful. It eclipsed the evil and violence that characterized the ancient world. It was John's three-year adventure's with Jesus, not what he saw around him that led him to conclude that God is love, and if we go into First John chapter four, like in four verses right away. Right, John is saying, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Verse 8, he says, God is love. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us. He's also calling everybody dear friends instead of I'm going to punch you in the face, right? (laughs) We also ought to love one another. Verse 16, again, he says, God is love. Because when his focus came off the circumstances and onto the truth of who Jesus was, he couldn't help but know that God was love Mm -hmm. and name himself as one loved by God. And I love that. And I think it's something to hang on to this season as much as Jesus being the gift, what that means, what it means to be loved in that way, because the world is in desperate need of light, Mm -hmm. of truth, of hope, definitely of Jesus. And so our question, you know, we always take home a question and an action step. Our question becomes, are we giving it to them? Are we giving it to them in a way that is real, that is big picture, that brings them all with us, right, to the end game? And it's possible, but only if we all go in, and we go in unmasked, stripped of our labels, symbolically naked, if you will, free from pretensions born of fear, insecurity, or what the world screams at us. People who genuinely love people can walk any road, anywhere, with anyone, because they get it. Unconditional love, forgiveness, grace, selflessness, humility, kindness. They grasp what it means to be loved by God, and as a result, they can translate it to others. They can know that it's okay to have flaws and that when we try to hide these flaws, we're not in truth. God's way is truth and light, so it should be our direction of choice. There are no perfect people, none. Yet in spite of this, we are still lovable, still valuable, and we treat things of value with care. We find them interesting as opposed to lacking. We view them through the lens of the one who created them as opposed to the filters the world imposes on them. And that makes all the difference. This time of year, we cannot forget that Jesus has given every glorious bit of himself to every single one of us. The labels, the limits, the rules and restrictions, they're just additional weight. The wins, the accolades, the achievements and the titles, they're just gravy. The core, the gift is Jesus, freely given. All we have to do is say yes and thank you, then pass it on. It's more than we deserve. And it's everything we need.
1: That's beautiful.
2: Thank you.
1: (laughs) Wow. That was really amazing. That was really great, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Man, I I wish I was writing more notes. I just wrote some notes. I didn't want to distract you too, but uh, I love just some of those things. I mean, I love it all, but uh, when you talked about Mary, you said she was the wrong everything. Which I thought was really great. Um, it's just you're such a great writer and great speaker. Thank you. Um, and then Jesus stays with sinners. How'd you put it? He didn't. Oh, sin he with sat them. with sinners, sat. but he
2: didn't sin with them. It's
1: my own fast writing. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, sat with sinners. He didn't sin with them. That's powerful. So um, what a beautiful message. And um, I just want to wrap up just by telling people that have heard this on radio. We've had a nice little two part. If you miss part one or if you miss part two, you can reach out to me, Steve at verybold.com. And I'll make sure you get the entire podcast. You can find the podcast online, very bold radio and podcast. Um, just beautiful. I love this. We'll have half this message for Christmas and half for the day after. And Rebecca Greben, you can find her online, although she's saying the website is not often updated or right it's now. It's not the
2: prettiest, but it's, it's not there. The okay. <laughs>
1: well it's RebeccaGrieben and it hosts her uh, blog, The River Chick, or you can find her on Facebook and Instagram. And she also occasionally writes for The Glorious Table and also ChristianParenting.org and Community Mom's blog, as well as have guests post on Empty Plate, Full Heart, Being Brave, and The Imperfect Journey. Um, Anyway, that's Rebecca Grieven. That's the great hope that we're talking about it. The Apostle Paul wrote about it as well, 2 Corinthians 3.12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold.
0: Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal. Bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates. And email Steve at VeryBold.com.